If you ever go to Rome, you'll notice as you arrive to St. Peter's Square, you'll see two monumental statues right in front of the entrance to the Basilica. And you will have St. Peter and St. Paul. It's interesting because some people wander in there and they say, well, wait a minute, why on earth, if I'm arriving to St. Peter's Basilica, do we have statues of St. Peter and St. Paul? And it can puzzle some people. They say, well, isn't this St. Peter's Basilica? You should have a statue of St. Peter. Put St. Paul out in St. Paul's Basilica. And the reason is that these two apostles, many people forget, many people think of St. Peter because of St. Peter's, the Pope, he's the successor of Peter, and they think, yeah, Rome is the city of St. Peter, but many people forget that Rome is also the city of St. Paul. Both were pillars of that first Christian community in Rome. Think of Paul's letter to the Romans. He had a lot of ties with the Christians in Rome. Both were monumental, important figures in the church in Rome, early Christian church in Rome. Today's feast day, as I mentioned at the beginning of Mass, is unique because usually on Sundays we celebrate some feast of the Lord. We'll celebrate some feast of the Blessed Virgin Mary. But rarely do we celebrate saints on a Sunday. The importance of our Sunday worship usually trumps any type of saint's anniversary that might fall on that Sunday. But today the church preserves this feast day of Saints Peter and St. Paul, and it actually trumps the Sunday liturgy, the importance that the church gives to today. Hence why I'm wearing the vestment red, the blood that Saints Peter and St. Paul had shed for their faith. But besides these two statues that you'll see when you go into St. Peter's Basilica, probably what more comes to mind or what most comes to our mind is that obelisk that's in the center of the square. That obelisk that rises up in the Christmas time, the Vatican will put a Christmas tree beside it. And many people forget that that obelisk the Romans had brought out of Egypt and had placed close to where St. Peter's Basilica is today, and it was actually in that circus where that obelisk was in the center that tradition has it St. Peter was crucified upside down. And it's powerful because when I was over in Rome studying, I was there for many years, it's interesting to walk into that square, look at that obelisk, and think this piece of stone has witnessed not only probably the death of St. Peter himself, but also probably witnessed God visiting his people in Egypt and bringing them into the promised land. The obelisk came from Egypt. The Romans had stolen it and had transported it in boat over to Rome and erected it there. I think this piece of stone had witnessed so much of salvation history. Also had a, an exceptional grace when I was over in Rome. Come this December, I will be a priest now for five years. And I had the grace to be ordained in St. Paul's Basilica outside the walls in Rome. And the location of my ordination was 
right in front of the altar, but between me and the altar when the bishop was laying his hands on me and making me a priest, right probably about 10 feet in front of me was the tomb of St. Paul. So for me, there's very much a connection when I celebrate the feast day of Saints Peter and Paul. Peter, because St. Peter's Basilica, I visited so many times. Paul, because that's where I became a priest, at the foot of his grave. And yet I think what happens, to whether we have a greater connection to these saints or maybe a lesser connection to these saints, what happens is when we talk about these saints in general, but St. Peter and St. Paul, what first pops into our mind is all the things that they did. Think of St. Peter. He was the first pope. He was the vicar of Christ on earth. He was the founder of the church in Rome. St. Paul, who traveled the then-known world. He was the missionary to the Gentiles. And we hear all these stories about everything they did, and maybe the little connection we had to them begins to slowly fade away, and we experience a disconnect. I'm not like St. Peter. (laughs) I'm not like St. Paul. I don't have a basilica built on top of me, right? Part because I'm not dead yet, but even if I were dead, right, I would not, if they did build one on top of me, I would be dead, but I I don't have a basilica. No one will probably ever build a basilica on top of my grave. How can I relate to St. Peter and St. Paul? They're so different from me. I just get up, I drink coffee, and I go to work, and I come home, and I'm tired, and I go to bed. Really? I'm supposed to be like St. Peter? I'm supposed to be like St. Paul? Not even close. And it's because we can focus so much on what they did that we forget about who they were. St. Paul hated Christians. St. Paul detested Jesus Christ. St. Paul traveled around and his one mission in life was to put Christians in jail, to wipe them off the face of the earth, eliminate them. What bigger sin than that? Hated Christianity with a passion. Maybe we can relate a little bit. Maybe I don't hate Christianity, but maybe sometimes in the summer when I come to church, I'm like, oh my gosh, right? It's like the day's going on and all of a sudden breaks, got to get to mass tonight. And we're just kind of like, not probably where I would like to be. Maybe some of us feel that right now. Not the place I'd like to be. St. Paul detested Christianity. And then we move to St. Peter. Three times when they asked him about Jesus Christ, three times he said, I do not know the man. At least Judas didn't say he didn't know Jesus Christ. Judas betrayed Jesus Christ, but he wanted material gain or what have you. He He admitted to being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Judas did not deny the fact that he was a follower of Jesus Christ. He betrayed Jesus, turned him in, but he 
remained faithful to the fact that, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'll show you where he is. I follow the Lord, but I'm going to turn him over to you. Peter, on the other hand, Peter said, I don't even know who he is. Don't even know the man. Not once, not twice, three times. I do not know who you are talking about. That's who Peter and Paul were. Now think of all your sins. Think of my sins. And say, am I possibly worse than them? Am I any different than Peter and Paul? Am I any worse, really, than Peter and Paul? And yet look what they became. Passionately in love with the Lord. And with this I'll finish. Why? Because of what happens in today's gospel. Because everyone who follows Jesus, and that's all of us in this room, you didn't come here if you in some way are not trying to follow the Lord. But be careful because every disciple, every person who follows the Lord, as it says, as what happens in today's gospel, Jesus will turn to you, and he does turn to you, and he will ask you, who do you say that I am? Not, what does the church teach about me? What are the church dogmas about X? No, 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 no. It's easy to say, oh, the church teaches that you're the son of the God, blah, 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 because the catechism number, blah, blah, blah. Just as when Jesus asked the disciples, who do the people say that I am? And they say, oh, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, others a prophet. And he says, ah, yeah, now, that's nice. You can tell me what everyone else says that I am, but you, you, who am I for you? I think this summer is a good time for us in this vacation kind of time of the year, although some of you are probably saying, this isn't like vacation. You know, my kids are home all day. I'm running more than during the school year. But anyway, since we call it the vacation time of the year, maybe this is a good opportunity for us to stop at some point personally as a family and let the Lord ask me the question, who do you say that I am? Am I truly the Son of God in your life? Am I truly the Son of God of your life?